What's up, everybody, and welcome to What the Funcast, episode 57, hot off the heels of episode 56, our D23 recap, spectacular. Alexa's lighting up, thinking that I'm talk to her, to, yeah, talking to her. <laughs> Alexa, shut up. <laughs> so She's mean, just sitting it. here blue, flashing at me. Hey, Bozo, stop it. Maybe there's something wrong with your internet, and that's what she's trying to tell you, but she can't connect. She's saying, help. Please um, help me. Anyways, joining me is Ahmed, as you've heard. Um, but yes, so we have been in California for a good long while. We have not done an episode in a couple weeks, so um, we're bringing you back-to-back episodes now. So we have our regularly scheduled programming here, and then we have our D23 Expo recap, um, episode 56 so check that out. If you have not checked out our coverage while we were out at the D23 Expo on Instagram or Twitter, definitely go check out episode 56. We did a full review, recap, extravaganza, whatever Ahmed's called it, and that truly is the buttoned-up, wrapped-up, gift wrap, bow on top, you know, fancy little package of the D23 Expo that we can provide to you from our point of view, boots on the ground. Um, boots on yeah. the ground. Our journalistic, I don't know. Or lack thereof. Lack thereof. It's fine. It's a fun so, perspective that we bring. So let's jump right into it, Ahmed. What have what have we been doing? I guess I, I guess we can talk for each other. But we have been out in California. We went to Galaxy's Edge. We went did to Disneyland. Galaxy's Edge. We went to Batu. What were your thoughts about Galaxy's Edge? Honestly, it was everything. It definitely lived up to expectations, and in some ways surpassed. I guess um, just the level of immersion is unparalleled i guess is the way to put it um like you can't see any part of galaxy's edge from anywhere else inside disneyland and then when you're inside galaxy's edge or batu black spire outpost whatever you want to call it um you can't see anything else outside which is you know that's kind of a standard for disney parks they always want to make you feel like you are in wherever land you're supposed to be um, but it's just next level. Like you, the cast members are all like, Oh, bright suns, rising moons, whatever, like good morning, good night. Or, you know, instead of saying goodbye, they say, tell the spire. Um, just the, whenever you're buying something, they say, okay, that'll be, you know, 15.22 credits instead of, you know, $15.22. Um, although they'll, when you're handing you your receipt, they'll say, do you want your cargo slip? Um, like it's very, immersive in all these little ways that only a disney park can really accomplish um the costuming the ride smugglers run was awesome the food was the best theme park food i've ever had like it was truly 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 amazing um and i really can't wait to go back once uh rise of resistance is officially opened because i'm sure that'll even be more overwhelming but it was a lot it was a good time it really was. It was. Uh, it was a very fun time. So we built lightsabers at Sabi's workshop. So uh, that was a lot of fun. <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> that wasn't a reaction to anything. I just choked. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't choke. <laughs> Sorry. Um, go we on. Did we go built to, lightsabers. We did go to Ronto's Roosters and tried the. Um, oh my gosh, the wraps. What are they called? Uh, the, I think they're just Ronto wraps. Yeah, I think that's what they were called. I didn't yeah. try it. You tried it because yeah. it's sausage-based. But that's I tried the jerky, which is just regular-ass <laughs> jerky. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then we tried the blue and the green milk. Um, we went to the cantina and tried some of the some of the uh, beverages that they had there. 
um, which was cool. And then, yeah, like like I said, went Smuggler's Run, uh, looked at the shops. It's uh, it's a very cool area, and you know it's interesting because they they themed it very well. But there's some of the shops that are selling merchandise, and I'm like, I I don't know if this stuff is ever gonna sell. Like it, it fits the theme and like the aesthetic, but like I don't think kids are gonna want like these old style wooden toys or like wooden like games or whatever like the spinning toys i don't know it's just it's weird but it might be geared more cool. towards the older fans to be totally honest maybe ray has made saying. an appearance hello ray we love a guest she, star she's she my favorite star wars my favorite i was named after a star war oh she um, was. Uh, what a dream hello ray so yes it was a ton of fun um really really a lot of fun and i can't wait to go back as well rise of the resistance I mean, we can speak to Disneyland because that's where we've been. But in Disneyland, it's all there. I mean, it's, you know, the building is there. The queue is ready. The, you know, it's just missing a sign, really, officially saying that it's the Rise of the Resistance entrance. Um, it's just but funny because, like, that whole area is so far off from the rest of, like, it feels like there's such a concentration of stuff in front of Smuggler's Run and, like, the Millennium Falcon Plaza, I guess you could call it. Um, and then... In front of Rise of the Resistance, there's just one cart, and there's, like, a ship, but there's nothing really in between, but that whole area, realistically, is the show building. It is a huge, huge, huge show building. I think it's one of the largest show buildings ever of a Disney ride. I, I don't know if this is, like, official, but it's it's pretty gigantic, um, so just the scope I of the ride is, is wild, um, so, yeah, I don't know. No, very, I totally believe it, so... It's uh, yeah, but it's it's really cool. Um, can't wait to ride that as well. But yeah, Batu in general is just once once you once it, it like settles in after you have gone, it's like oh I want to go back, like just yeah. to walk around and just look and going into Doc Ondar's uh, shop of antiquities, right? So it's like we got other crystals for our lightsabers to change it different colors and all that good stuff. It's just. There's just so much. There's so much exclusive merchandise they sell there. There's all sorts of wigs and a lot of cosplay items that I'm sure a lot of cosplayers are happy about uh, that they get like official merchandise now to cosplay with. Yeah. Um, but I was considering getting robes, like Jedi robes, but then I looked at the price tag and I was like, mm, I'll settle for a jacket. And then I decided that the jacket was too small and I made, so I didn't get a season pass. Paul sprung for a season pass because that's what Paul does is set his money on fire and yep. <laughs> so i made him go back into the park with the season pass and exchange the jacket um and then it was a size too big so i was like okay maybe i'll just go with the original size maybe it wasn't that small after all and then we got the wrong size so it's still too big did you know that 1x is different from xl i didn't until i tried it on i was like hmm this feels like it should fit someone who is pregnant and i am not so anyways we're calling the Disney merchandising people. We're figuring it out. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fine. I hope we're not figuring out shit. You're figuring I it out at this point. I'm figuring it out, but it should be all good. It's just the lady was like, mm, "It's gonna be like a three week turnaround time because they're very busy." And I'm like, "That's fine. I'm not planning on wearing this until I don't know when I'm gonna wear it." Honestly, it's a cool jacket. It says "Resist" on the back, and it has like a bunch of patches that say like "Hope" and whatnot in like Star Wars language. So, whatever. Anyways, point is. I got the same feeling from Galaxy's Edge that I did from when I went to Harry Potter World for the first time, which was, like, just the sense of wonder and wanting to go home and consume all of the material. Of course, I never did rewatch the Harry Potter movies or read the books again after going to Harry Potter World, but 
Um, or read the books at all, you mean, right? I have read the first two Harry Potter books. Thank you. You know they're coming to my right? TED Talk. Shut up. I've seen all the Star Wars movies. Maybe I'll watch them again. Who knows? I definitely want to watch them before um, before The Mandalorian comes out on Disney Plus and, uh, and Jedi Fallen Order. So, anyways, very exciting stuff. Galaxy's Edge was great. Go visit. It is now available at your nearest Disney theme park. Except, oh, actually, no. If you're in the U.S., it's available at your nearest Disney theme park. If you're in Europe or Asia, sucks to suck. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Damn, you're pulling all the stops tonight. You're well, like, no, oh. Disneyland Paris is coming to Disneyland Paris is getting Galaxy's Edge, just not for a while. I don't know when, but they're getting it. Yeah, one day, maybe, maybe. No, one not day. a maybe. It's de- definite. We know this. No, uh, that what they're getting it in. Uh, wh- where? What other places are you talking about? Disneyland Paris in the whatever the second park they have there is called. Oh, at Disney Studios. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I did that see one. that. Yes. yes, I did see that as well. I know what you're talking about. So yes, um, yes, you're right. So one so, day, if you're in Paris, soon, one day, maybe like three years from now. Yeah, it's gonna be a while. It will be. Anyways, what, what else have you been, been doing? I. Can, I okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right, I'll start. Um, I've been playing a lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. Um, it's fun. It's not too fun. It's just fun enough. I don't know. Um, it's very... It, it feels kind of janky. It doesn't feel very polished, um, especially playing on a big screen. I've mostly been playing it handheld, and I just played on the big screen yesterday, and I was like, ooh, okay, this is a little rough. Um, it definitely looks like a Switch game. It does not look, you know, drastically great or anything. Um, but it is fun. Uh, but I'm kind of just kind of plowing through it just to get it finished and say that I finished it at this point because it is very repetitive it's very much a button masher up to an extent i've now gotten to a point where i do have to like time dodges um for attacks otherwise you know i'll die immediately um but other than that i don't know it's kind of fun i've kind of kept my same squad from the beginning i haven't really changed up the characters just because they've all leveled up and i've leveled up their abilities so there's no point in me changing to a character that's like 20 levels below so that is by um, far the most frustrating part because you get to a point where it's like a point of no return where it's like, oh, what if I want to use Spider-Man? Oh, Spider-Man's level two. Yeah. But every new character that you unlock is the same level as like your current roster. So like at one point you'll unlock, I don't know, it's like a minor spoiler, you'll unlock like Ghost Rider and he'll be like level 25 when your characters are roughly like level 24 to 26, like around yeah. that same level. So you can add the new characters really easily, but if you decide to go back and add like someone from the beginning like star lord that you never leveled up sucks to suck yeah that's frustrating but it's okay but i guess you could technically go in and grind with them and like the rift quests or whatever but who's got time for that not me no no that's wild yeah i i also have been playing marvel ultimate alliance 3 and it's it's fun it's just it's very repetitive like you said um and it's just one of those things where i don't know i just am losing interest very quickly yeah they they tried to give it depth, but it just doesn't play out in the right way. Not really. Like, the whole hexagon thing, like, the skill tree hexagon thing that they have, or whatever it is, not skill tree, I guess, say, like... Yeah, it's just, like, boost. the enhancements. Yeah. It's it's just very mindless, which... Yeah. I don't know. 
you, it gets more advanced with like the ISO eight things or whatever, like the little stones that you can assign, and then like the different abilities that you can level up. But like at the end, it's really just button mashing. I don't know. Ray yeah. is Ray has a lot of opinions about this too. She she's <laughs> upset because I had the door closed before, and now that I've let her out, she's like, "Hello, hello, hello." <laughs> So meow. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. So that is uh, a, a YouTube plug for uh, our friend Man Yelling at Egg. And yeah, if just, you're ever bored, just search Turkish Man Yells at Egg and uh, enjoy. He goes up to a, a little egg and goes meow. <laughs> so oh my yeah, god. But, um, what else what are you doing? I, I beat your ass and smash on the plane. Okay. Let's chill. That is untrue. So we were like yelling on the plane. I we just were kind of felt bad. Basically neck and neck. Like 75% of the games we played, of like all 10 of them, ended in sudden deaths. And Paul just happened to get the first hit in. Whatever. Uh-huh. That doesn't count. So as I said, I beat him at ass and smash. Um. <sighs> We both played Overwatch, that goes without saying. We don't have to waste time talking about that. Um, I did play the Dragon Quest XI demo on Switch and confirmed that, you know, it seems like a good game, but I don't know if it's a game for me. So, I uh, I don't know. It, it just it is what it is. So, I don't know. Yeah, definitely not I, for me. I've been trying to explore new genres of games, and turn-based is, is one of them that I'm trying to explore, and... Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. Like, I'll consider it if it gets really cheap. It's like twenty bucks. I'll buy it and try it again. And like, I enjoyed it. It's just very slow, and it's not even necessarily turn based. It's like you run up and like hit the hit the character or hit the enemy, and it's in a way that it's not one hundred percent like okay, I made it's your turn. Oh, now it's my turn. It's like you can avoid their attacks by running away. Kind of. That's oh, weird. So it's um, yeah. Speaking know. of turn-based this is just a random thing that i remembered that i guess should be a news item but whatever it's not that serious um apparently the new yakuza 7 game is going to be turn-based it's going to be rpg based yeah i saw which that. is very strange that is very strange because i think yakuza up until now has been like a beat-em-up right yeah it's been very much like an action adventure type game so yeah a very interesting turn of events for a series that i've never played but sure yeah, it is very interesting. People are people seem to be okay with it and willing to give it a try, so we'll see. I think the audience for those games has always been kind of JRPG fans, so that makes sense. Yeah. Who knows? Whomst knoweth. Anyways, shall we, we jump watched, in? Oh, sorry. We oh, watched Bohemian Rhapsody, which Jumping was ahead. okay at best. I mean, it was, I don't know, Rocket Man was infinitely better. And you watched Scary was. Stories, right? Yeah, I did watch. I watched Scary Stories Tell in Dark. It was cute. It's like a... How do I say it? It's like a... I don't know. Kids' first horror movie kind of thing. Like, it was definitely geared towards, um, like, teenagers or younger kids, um, which is fine because that's the audience for the books, so I understand the the reasoning. And it was, it was still, like... Um, how do I say this? It was, it was still scary. Like there were still genuinely terrifying moments. Um, but the overall theme was very much like kind of a, a kid's story. Um, so it was cute. It was good. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like 
you know my favorite horror movie or anything like that mm. that was good okay had its moments but yeah all right now i think we're ready for some hot toppies let's go let's do it um obviously uh for the entertainment section our disney slash entertainment section pretty much everything that's happened has been covered at d23 so if you haven't already go listen to episode 56 d23 recap um but besides that there are kind of are two things centered around our mr spider-man tom holland um so obviously i think if you haven't heard by now if this is the first you're hearing of it you're probably living under a rock um but essentially disney and sony have um broken off their uh deal regarding spider-man um so i guess i'll kind of there's a whole deadline article and it's a lot of words and i'm not going to read all of this because i'm sure that uh, none of it really matters um but essentially so in the past the deal worked in that disney made uh what's called five dollar or five percent first dollar gross i think or something like that and it's basically five percent of the box office total um like they make that before the money before the movie makes any money just from the immediate um box office gross from the first ticket that's sold five percent of every ticket sold is what disney makes um off the spider-man solo movies the spider-man movies where or the movies where spider-man is integrated like uh event captain america civil war avengers infinity war and avengers endgame those don't count in that deal this is purely for spider-man homecoming and far from home so after the success of far from home which made over a billion dollars Disney, uh, the contract, I guess, had expired. The existing contract, and Disney went to negotiate with Sony. And Disney was like, hey, we want 50-50 co-financing agreement between the studios. And Sony was like, mm, what if not that? And we just keep going with our original deal. And Disney was like, no. So this basically amounted to Kevin Feige no longer being the creative producer um, behind the Spider-Man solo films which essentially everyone and every news outlet took to be Spider-Man is out of the MCU because Kevin Feige has been the producer of every single MCU film to date and is kind of the mastermind behind how all of it connects and how all of it works. And if it wasn't for him, these movies wouldn't be as so deeply interconnected as they are. So without him producing, it's really hard for a third Spider-Man movie to come out and then connect with these other characters. Um, and without you know there being a deal at all, I don't know. It's hard to say what this actually means for Spider-Man 3. All we really know is that Kevin Feige is out as the producer. So there's this... Um, someone tweeted, excuse me. Um, someone tweeted, uh, at Falcon Bucky, but Bucky is with a V, um, and kind of covered every single point. I'm just going to go over this real quick because I think this kind of sums up the issue really easily and kind of where the blame might... Or kind of where the blame should be because a lot of people were out of the... That I know I was was like, oh, Sony's being greedy, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. So apparently Sony does not make any money from the movies with Spider-Man in them that are not branded Spider-Man movies. So they got no money from Civil War, Infinity War, or Endgame. Um, and likewise, Marvel didn't get much from Homecoming or Far From Home. Sony pays for 100% of the Spider-Man movies they pay to make the movies, while Marvel takes a creative lead and makes most or all of the choices on what happens in them. Um, so when people say Marvel made those movies and Sony just slapped their name on them, that is not true. Sony literally financed them. Um, the deal was only ever four or five movies, so the deal was up, and then Marvel came in with these, or Disney slash Marvel came in with these demands that caused the new deal to dissolve. Um, we also don't know 100% if this means there's no Spider-Man in the MCU. The only thing we know as of right now is that Kevin Feige is not taking a creative lead. 
Uh, again, uh, to confirm, Tom Holland and John Watts as director and Amy Pascal's producer are still on for the Spider-Man movies. It's just Kevin Feige. It's out. Um, apparently, they might be still negotiating, but I don't think that that's true. I think... I don't know if they're negotiating at all. I mean, I'm sure there are still talks happening, but um, I don't think that anything will change. We can hope and pray, but who knows? Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. So here to some, uh, Marvel comes off the heels of making the number one highest, gro- highest grossing movie in cinematic history, um, which Sony got no money from, even though their characters are in the movie, and also having five of the top six highest grossing movies of 2019, the one they don't have being Spider-Man Far From Home. And they came to Sony and said, hey, buddy, we want 50% of the profits from your movies because we don't have enough money. And Sony said, how about we stick to our original deal? And then Marvel decided they wouldn't help Sony make Spider-Man movies anymore, probably because they figured that it'll lead them to being able to squeeze more money out of Sony. So that's kind of the gist of the whole situation. Take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. The facts that were stated in there weren't necessarily uh, sourced, but... It does sound to be about right based on what I have read and investigated about the situation. So it sucks, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope I trust in John Watts, and I hope that I don't think um, Spider-Man 3 was ever supposed to be as interconnected to the MCU. I think Kevin Feige had came out and said either during D23 or before D23 in an interview and said um, there was no real plan for or the plan for Spider-Man 3 was it for it to be a very Peter-focused story. So hopefully that is what comes to be, and we have a Peter-focused story, and the you know this deal doesn't affect that as much. And then speaking of Tom Holland, besides Spider-Man, this man can't seem to catch a break. The director for the Uncharted film, starring him, um, has exited. Dan Trachtenberg has exited the film. So, again, this Uncharted movie, which has been in limbo for quite some time, is missing its director. Um, I don't know if they have a replacement just yet, but we shall see. Maybe one day we will see this movie. Maybe one day it'll start shooting. I honestly thought it was already under development and shooting, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, this this movie's been around. They're lingering for so long. I don't know. We'll see. One day. Anyways, that is it for our Disney Entertainment. Again, go watch our, or listen to episode 56, D23. Now, on to Hot Toppies, video games, coming in hot with the hottest news story of the hour, or of the, the week. The hour of the week. Of the week, of the weeks. Take it away. So, is Overwatch finally coming to the Nintendo Switch? Oh, All boy. signs seem to point to yes. So... We've been asking very nicely for a while, and it seems like our dreams are finally coming true. So, Wario64, very commonly known on Twitter for posting deals and rumors and leaks and news and all sorts of stuff, tweeted that an Overwatch-themed Nintendo Switch case made by Power, it was listed on Amazon, which is officially licensed by both Nintendo and Blizzard Entertainment. So, one could think that, okay, maybe it's just them making a case for the Switch as a partnership, whatever. Uh, no, that does not seem to be the case because it was immediately delisted uh, very quickly. So that there seemed to be very quick uh, action taken on that. Then on top of that, I can't find the tweet, but someone had tweeted out um, this leaked list of release dates um, that showed an Ice Age game coming out on October 18th. Uh, that also showed Overwatch coming out on October 18th. And that was tweeted out, I think, a few days ago. And then it was only yesterday 
that is officially confirmed by whoever's developing the uh, Ice Age game. This Ice Age game is, in fact, coming out on October 18th. So things are starting to match up. So it looks like... It, I mean, it looks like they're going to announce Overwatch for Switch, which is insane. So let's see how it runs. Hopefully it runs well. Obviously, we have reservations. Um, but there is always a rumored... Well, not really always a rumor, but there's... Oh, well, there is always a rumor about Nintendo Direct coming around this time each and every year. Um, so there is a very good chance that we'll see a Nintendo Direct in early September. So there, uh, that you know, we can hold out hope for that. And I'd imagine that Overwatch would be announced at that point in time. Have you ever played Paladins on Switch? Yes, it's not good. Oh, okay. The game or like how it runs? That's what I'm mostly curious about because Paladins is very similar to Overwatch. I'm wondering how that runs. I think it ran okay from what I remember. I mean, I tried it and I wasn't crazy about the gameplay. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm basically just very worried that it won't run as smoothly, but I feel like if they've been spending all this time optimizing it, maybe they figured some out some out maybe they figured some magic out yeah so jeff kaplan um he was on that interview where he was like yeah we'll have to really like look at performance and this that and the other thing and then there was that boost mode that came into play on switch so i hope that through some black magic they're able to figure it out i mean we've seen some games that run pretty well i mean i heard the witcher runs pretty well on switch and i don't is that out yet i don't think so but um, I believe I that believe was so. something that was said before. I'll fact check myself because now I'm getting confused. But um, there are games out there that were you know, anticipated to not run very well that are running pretty well on Switch. So yeah. I have faith. Um, I hope so because Overwatch is a very fast-paced game and it like needs to run at 60 FPS. It's kind yeah, of and there can't be issue. there. There really can't be um, frame rate drops or anything. No, there can't be crossplay. Oh, crossplay, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. there isn't crossplay on existing platforms. What makes you think they're going to start now? That's true. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'm lying to myself. There's. There's a, a detailed look at like the visuals from June, but it doesn't come out till October. It looks like. So, um, coincidentally, October fifteenth, three days before the rumored Overwatch date. So. Ooh. Um. Drama. New game releases. So Metacritic scores for some new games. Uh, Astral Chain, coming out exclusively on Nintendo Switch. This one's by Platinum Games. Has an 87 right now on Metacritic, which is very surprising. I didn't think this game would do that well. Neither um, did I. Yeah, then Control, uh, which is a game made by Remedy uh, that has come to both PS4, Xbox, and PC, um, is sitting at an 85. And then Blair Witch Project, which is coming exclusively to Xbox and PC, uh, is sitting at a 74, and that is available on Game Pass for those of you that are subscribed to Game Pass. Is that not also coming to PS4 eventually? I don't know. I think it might be. It might be, like, console exclusive on Xbox first, maybe? Maybe. Not I sure. mean, it's funny because it's on Game Pass, but it's also available on Steam to purchase. So it's very interesting release strategy. I guess Microsoft did announce that all their games would be available on Steam as well, but... Um, it's just, yeah. I don't know, I guess I had forgot, and it's interesting to see it actually happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting, though, so it's good. Yeah, we love when, you know, people aren't greedy. Anyways, uh, this one is an interesting kind of turn of events. I remember we reported about this a while ago, um, Telltale, obviously, kind of having their falling apart. 
but apparently Telltale is being revived as a new company um, with you know the same rights to The Wolf Among Us and Batman and all their other IPs. Um, so not necessarily all the right. So is it not all? Yeah. So I did some I did some listening on this, so I can cover this one if you want. But okay, yeah, go ahead. So they lost some IPs, like they lost Stranger Things. Stranger Things went back to Netflix. Mm. They lost um, Walking Dead. They lost that to Skybound because Skybound bought it. So pretty much these are two people, um, James Ottilie and Brian Waddle. So Ottilie was the CEO of Pest Control, Galaxy Pest Control, which worked on licensed properties uh, such as <laughs> Duck Dynasty and Power Rangers. Um, and then Waddle had previously run sales and marketing for the Havoc game engine. So Interesting. They will have the rights like Batman, The Wolf Among Us, and possibly Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's some red tape around some of the other franchises that Telltale used to have. So pretty much they bought it for an undisclosed amount of money, and uh, some workers from the original Telltale games are going to be offered freelance roles with full-time positions possible in the future, which is pretty shitty. But I can also understand that you know they're bringing this thing back together. They probably want to reevaluate everybody that you know was there previously even if they did work for telltale they probably want to do their own sanity check on these people which i know it sounds terrible but i guess it does make sense yeah i mean i get it but i don't know the whole situation in general the the way the whole thing was handled was not great yeah yeah (laughs) that's one way to put it and oddly even said that you know this survival business decision this one comes from ign this survival business uh, that went away due to market conditions and some scale choices by Telltale's previous management. Um, I like games that tell stories, and I think our industry should have a company that specializes in narrative-driven games. So, you know, it's they're gonna, they they seem to be committed to picking up where some of the stories have left off, um, but at the same time, they're gonna do that where they can. Where they've lost the licenses, it's a little harder. Yeah. Interesting stuff. We'll see how that pans. I mean, I don't know. I've never really played a Telltale game besides like the first two seasons or whatever of Walking Dead. But honestly, I actually only played the first season. <laughs> I bought the second season, but I never played it. I never even beat the first season, but I got like halfway through it. Yeah, they're just I don't know. They were fun, but they're not. They weren't as engrossing, I guess, no, as I wanted. And they're so janky. Yeah, I, uh, that could have just been the art style, but whatever. Anyways, you want to take this next one? I think this is all you, because I don't know anything about Fortnite. <laughs> so Fortnite's latest crossover <laughs> is with Borderlands. This one comes from Polygon. Ben Cochero over at Polygon. Um, so, uh, quote, the Pandora Rift Zone has appeared on the map. Bring its iconic planet uh, look with an added bonus. If you go long enough without taking damage, you'll generate a shield. Um, or you'll generate your shield. There are some other surprises for you to discover as you wreak havoc in Pandora. So there's some also border- yeah, excuse me, there's also some Borderlands content. Um, to use in Fortnite Creative, so you have you have a custom camera filter to make everything look like Borderlands, which is that like drawn art style almost. Yeah, um, it's like and the, then, I guess kind of cell shaded ish. Yeah, yeah, it is somewhat cell shaded. And then there's a challenge bundle that lets you earn free Borderlands themed stuff like the Mayhem Wrap, the Vault Hunter banner, uh, the Psycho Spray, and the Crunk Bunny Spray. So, yeah. It's going to be free, or it's going to be uh, available starting September 10th. Oh, I didn't realize it was out that late, which is three days before Borderlands 3 releases. Got it. Okay. Lines up pretty well. Um, and then apparently, 
Capcom will reveal a new Resident Evil project. They've kind of been teasing this, um, called Project Resistance. They've been teasing it ahead of Tokyo Game Show 2019, um, which is on September 9th, so we're a little bit, uh, a few weeks out. Um, but the game is expected on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. This one comes courtesy of Nicole Carpenter Alver at Polygon. Um, apparently the trailer will be revealed on September 9th at 8 a.m. PST. Um, and so, you know, it'll align with exactly when it's revealed at the, on the Tokyo Game Show floor. Um, and people on the internet have kind of been piecing together, um, like there have been thumbnails from YouTube that people have picked up and they're really low res. Um, but people have been looking at the screenshots from the thumbnails and piecing together that this might be similar or maybe a sequel or related to um, Resident Evil Outbreak, which is a um, online survival horror game that was released in 2003 for PlayStation 2, which is wild to think that there was online games back in 2003, but here we are. Um, someone was using that Ethernet port. Um, the game was apparently beloved by its dedicated fans, and I saw some reactions on Twitter that were absolutely freaking out. I, for one, have never even heard of this game, and when I heard Outbreak, I was like, is this a movie that I'm missing out on? Um, so I had to look it up, but um, apparently it actually, some people put the game and it went back on a, online in a private server in Japan in 2014, so it was very popular. So perhaps this will be a similar, similar online experience. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I never played Outbreak, so. Yeah, neither have I. I never actually owned a PS2. I missed out. Missed out on a generation. Yeah, that was a wild generation. It was. I was a GameCube kid. Anyways, um, also new for today, or not also new for today, but this is new for today. Resident Evil stuff was not new for today. Um, we got some new footage from Cyberpunk 2077. Um, it was about like 12 minutes, I want to say, a YouTube video, and it went really in-depth um, into how the gameplay worked and how your character creation worked and um, like what paths your character can take and what class and whatnot. Um, what I got from this is, is that it's very um, Watch Dogs meets Division 2. Um, excuse me. They were talking about uh, you know this one specific city in the game, of many, I'm assuming, um, and it has like different gangs and factions that own different areas, which sounds a lot like Division. Um, then the Watchdogs part comes in in that uh, there's a lot of kind of you know you can hack different systems like hack cameras or hack people's like chips in their bodies to like do whatever. Um, so there's a lot of different play styles that you can go after instead of you know Division Two is very much you just pick up guns and you shoot and it was very repetitive in that sense. Uh, in that sense. Um, this is uh, kind of unlike a traditional RPG. You don't kind of set yourself into a specific class, whether you want to be like a you know melee character or a hacker or whatever. Um, you can kind of you know choose abilities as you go and be a hybrid of sorts. Um, so you can be someone who excels at stealth, but also you know has a a great amount of brute strength or something like that. So they were showcasing two types. Basically, one was like a net runner is what they call it, and it was basically a hacker, and the other one was um a solo something i don't know what they call it and they would just like punch people or use guns for you know come in guns blazing so basically suits your play style it looks very very interesting i'm super hyped about it definitely go watch that if you are interested um just search cyber 2077 cyberpunk 2077 deep dive gameplay uh, yeah i didn't watch this but based on what you're saying it sounds really great and i know yeah. that um there's been a lot of positive press around cyberpunk there's also been 
some stupid little, I mean, there's been stupid stuff that, uh, CD Projekt Red has been getting in, like, this, like, how they portray women in their games, and there's been a couple other things that have come up lately, uh, in regards to the game, which has been not positive press, so. That's unfortunate. Uh, yes. I did not is. hear about that. But, regardless, I'm excited for the game. Cautiously, I'll say. Because I feel like. excited. I feel like when you, re- I don't know, the game doesn't come out until March 2020, and uh, they're revealing yes. so much gameplay and things, and it's like... Well, the game's going to be huge. If The Witcher's any indication, the, the game is just going to be absolutely massive. Yeah. So, this will be definitely one of those games that I get really hyped about, and then I'm like, mm, this is a lot of time that I have to dedicate to this. Maybe yep. I'll go to sleep Just instead. like Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> you know what? I've decided this winter, when it gets cold and I'm hibernating... I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption. That's going to be my winter game. That's what you said last year, too. Moving on to the next topic. Shut up. Disney Classic Games Collection announced um, for the first time ever. Is it for the first time ever? I've never seen this tag before, so I'm making that part up. But (laughs) Disney Classic Games Collection, uh, this was announced at the GameStop Manager Convention. Which is bizarre, but it is what it is. So Disney Classic Games, Aladdin and the Lion King will be released physically and digitally uh, this fall for twenty nine ninety nine. So this one comes from Polygon, Michael McWhorter. Um, two classic video games from the 16-bit era, D- era, Disney's Aladdin and the Lion King are coming to modern platforms this fall. Publisher Nighthawk Interactive and developer Digital Eclipse will bundle these two retro platformers in Disney Classic Games, Aladdin and the Lion King. This can be released everywhere. Go figure. They're old games that are just getting ported. Um, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. Um, so they're going to get upscaled graphics to support high-definition displays and additional upgrades to enhance playability you know, on modern platforms. It says remastered and it's upgraded, but it really does. Well, it's, I don't know. It it's doesn't pretty look much, much just different. smoothed out. That's all it is. There's nothing yeah. more to it. Um, oh, yeah, apparently you can rewind, though. I'm watching this little video, and you can go back in time, kind of similar to the um, you can yes the NES thing on Nintendo Switch. Yep, yeah, you can rewind and fast. Uh, you can rewind, and then there's certain areas where you can like replay certain things. Let me see if this article has it. Uh, it'll let you jump backwards up 15 seconds. A level select, invulnerability, and infinite lives. Anyways, um, oh, and save states. So this I will mean, make. Wasn't Lion King, like, notoriously really difficult for no reason? Yes, for no reason. It was ridiculous. I was so bad at it. I was so upset. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I grew up on these games, so I am very tempted to just pay the $30 both of them to play them again. because You should. And you can actually beat them this time. So, right now, there's going to be multiple playable platform versions of the games. So, uh, the Lion King version is going to have... Uh, wait a second. All right, I'll, I'll read what's written here, and then you guys interpret this as you will. Multiple playable platform versions of the games, including Sega Genesis, Game Boy, and Super Game Boy releases, as well as the Lion King Super NES version. In other words, it doesn't sound like Capcom's Aladdin for the Super NES will be included as part of the package. The collection... Okay. The collection also features a new final cut of Aladdin uh, and that game's 1993 trade show demo version. So, yeah. So, the Sega Genesis, Game Boy, and Super Game Boy releases... Um, will be released for both Aladdin and the Lion King, but only the Lion King Super NES version will be released. Aladdin's Super NES version will be cut out. And from what I understand, that is the inferior version. The Sega Genesis version was better, so which is the one that I grew up on, so that's exciting. 
Sure. Yeah, I know this means nothing to you. That's fine. <laughs> it Liz- really doesn't. It's all Lizzie McGuire to you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty exciting and kind of out of left field. But it just shows uh, that Disney is bringing a lot of this stuff back in-house. And they're going to go through and make their own games and start publishing on their own. So, um, Which is why DuckTales was probably delisted. You'll probably see that in a few months on Xbox One, PS4, and, uh, and Switch. So you heard it here first if you do. Um, okay, so some things that boys. we missed from last time here. So there was a, a Nindies show, showcase, uh, a Nindie World showcase at Gamescom, and an inside Xbox from Gamescom. And that took place about a week ago. Uh, a week, well, actually, a week, yeah, a week ago from last Monday. So just to recap some of that, because I think there's some good stuff in here. Um, the Xbox Gamescom stuff, a lot of this has been actualized now. So it was presented by Borderlands. Um Blair Witch is out now. Uh, it looked pretty good uh, for Game Pass. Kingdom Come Deliverance, Ape Out, Bard's Tale 4, Blair Witch Project, Age of Empires on PC, and Stellaris on console, and Devil May Cry 5 on console are all on Game Pass at this time. Uh, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition is, does, is coming on November 14th to Game Pass. Gears Pop is out now. Dead Cells is coming to Game Pass on September 5th. Oh my so, god, I remember Dead Cells? Ugh, that game haunts me. Yeah, so, it, <laughs> uh, yeah, that game's a pain in the butt. It really is. But, yeah, so a lot of stuff coming to Game Pass at this point. Um, and a lot of that stuff has since happened. So that was news, and then now that we're at the end of the month, a lot of that stuff has been actualized. So Actually, only- I was reading... Sorry to interrupt. I was reading this article on IGN. It's like the best games of 2019 so far. And Ape Out was on there, and I've never heard of it, but now it's on Game Pass, so maybe I should try it. Cause I just downloaded it on PC to try um because it's been on sale on switch i've always been like hmm, let me try this and then it's uh it's a devolver digital game so it's, it's really well received yeah yeah so you should try that perhaps i will download it right now perhaps i won't <laughs> <laughs> i'll download it eventually so moving you know, down the indie world um risk of rain 2 is the first big announcement there and that comes from gearbox publishing it's a roguelike game coming out this summer uh mm, eastward like anymore what Whenever I hear rogue look roguelike, I'm like, mm, I don't want it. Exactly. I'm good. <laughs> so Eastward is a game by Chucklefish. It's a 16-bit-ish adventure game coming next year. So this one looks really good. A lot of people lost their minds on this one. You love an uh, adventure game that's 16-bit. I do. Freedom Finger, uh, side-scrolling shooter with no one north in it. Uh, every weapon is your enemy, and one of the ships looks like a sperm. <laughs> and <laughs> great review. And Great this comes out this fall, so go take a look at that. Roki, uh, it's got a very neat art style. It's got this really creepy-looking giant wolf thing. Uh, one of the quotes was, uh, making friends with wild creatures only the beginning, and that comes this winter. Um, Torchlight 2, which is a hack-and-slash looter. Uh, that, that comes September 3rd. There's a exclusive pet unicorn coming to Switch only. What is uh, a looter? It's like a Diablo 3 almost. Ah, okay. Yeah, and what do you mean by, excuse me, pet unicorn? Like you can have a you pet can unicorn have a pet in, the game? in the game? Yeah, so the unicorn is exclusive to Switch. Interesting. And this one was interesting. Skater XL, uh, which is like a Tony Hawk clone coming out in 2020. People are actually interested in this too. I thought they looked like PS2 graphics, but that's another story. So, <laughs> um, it Europa. doesn't look that bad. I'm looking at screenshots. Dramatic. I thought it didn't look great. It looks like. Okay, PS3 graphics. Does it look like that Monster Supercross game? 
<laughs> monster super oh my god no it doesn't look that bad those screenshots These people are the best. Have if you ever look at some entertainment go look at monster supercross on uh, on wii i think it's either the first one or the second one the screenshots are horrid oh that was from wii anyways that makes sense. I thought it was for Switch, and I was really scared. Oh, I meant Switch. Anyways, clearly I'm losing my mind. Oh, yeah, great. For, it is for Switch. Good. Love that. It is for Switch. <laughs> um, Europa was the next title that was announced when Life Gets You Down Defy Gravity. So it looks like a really trippy human fall flat with extra gravity mechanics, and that comes this winter. It looks very interesting. Super hot. Um, really, is there any other way to play this game outside of VR? I don't think so. But there is a normal release that is out now on Switch. I guess it works because of the Joy-Cons. Specifically, like you have, I don't think you can play it in handheld mode. Can you? I'm assuming not. Yeah, you can play. You can play it on Xbox One and PS4 regularly. Really? Yeah, there's a super hot and there's super hot VR. Oh, I don't know. That seems stupid. Then never mind. I, I think, thought that it was like. Yeah. Does this not take advantage of the Joy Cons? Because that would be a silly mistake. I don't think so. Really? Anyways, no. that's dumb. The the idea motion control is a thing of the past, Ahmed. Paul, listen. It's li- so for those that are unaware, Super Hot is a game where you literally like as you move, the enemies come closer to you. But if you freeze, the enemies stop. So you have to like limit your movements so as not to get killed before you can grab a weapon to defend yourself or something. So the idea of playing it in VR is like even if you move your head a little bit, the enemies start moving towards you. So you kind of like got to be very still and very deliberate with your movements. So it's silly to use a controller because it's not the same experience. But, yeah, but I was thinking with the Joy-Cons... The you're still aiming... I don't know. I was thinking with the Joy-Cons, you can, like, move to pick some pick stuff up. And it's, like, pseudo-VR. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about non-trackable VR. What do you mean, non-trackable? There's the accelerometers. That, the, yeah. Ugh. But, anyways, Listen. Ahmed's going to go work for the super hot developer and make <laughs> super hot motion controls for Switch. Perhaps I am. Maybe super- that's how it works, and you're just wrong. Super hot non VR version came out before Super Hot VR for the record. Really? Yes. So that well, is out that is out listen, now. VR is the superior version. Go it on. is. It is. Dungeon Defenders Awakened. Uh, this is an indie classic apparently. Dungeon Defenders build together. It's got four player in it. It's a timed console exclusive for Switch, February twenty twenty. The Tourist, it's got very crossword looking graphics. Uh, it looks pretty cool. It's like an adventure game. Uh, comes out this November. Skellboy, this game looks really strange. Uh, you swap out body parts, and it's got like Paper Mario looking graphics, very flat. December third, twenty nineteen. Are you a skeleton? You're that what's called Skellboy? Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And that's how you swap out body parts. Got it. You just attach a new arm. Yeah. Earth Knight. Speaking of weird, only got weirder from here. It looks like a Sonic game. It's like this girl that literally looks like Sonic. Like they're running. Like I don't know. The run movements look like Sonic. Um, and it, I think they tried to do something different, but it looked kind of weird. That's coming this year, so I was like, okay. Um, the Hotline Miami collection. Uh, both games are one download. Hotline Miami 1 and 2. Uh, these games were previously released for PS4 and possibly Xbox? I can't remember. I want but, you to know that I just Googled Earth Night to see what you're talking about, and I literally got pictures of Earth at night. Oh, my God. So, that's where I'm at. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, Hotline Miami, both these games are now on Switch. These games are a ton of fun. I really enjoy these games. Um, and that is out now on Switch for twenty four ninety nine, which I think is a little pricey. But have you played Hotline Miami? I have never even heard of it. Oh, you should play it. Should Actually, go. no. That's a lie. I've heard of it, but I have I have no like idea of what it is. 
Yeah, you should go. Uh, you should go buy it. Oh, this does look. I see what you're talking about, and that she's running, and there's like these snakes. Yeah. Very interesting, Earth Knight. All right. I mean, it has truly. a cool art style. I think it does. I just I don't know how I feel about it. Sure. Um, Hotline Miami. If memory serves too. me correctly, I think we went through a um, this very quick like sizzle reel. So, um, Blasphemous looks like Castlevania. That one's coming out nine twenty six September twenty six, so just a few weeks from now. Close to the Sun looked like a puzzle game. Um, looks pretty cool. Twenty nineteen. Cat Quest 2, which is a follow-up to Cat Quest 1, which is an RPG, uh, comes out fall 2019. Do you Spirit... take care of cats? No, you like like the whole world is cats, and it's like an RPG oh, with cats. That's exciting. Yeah, it was super cheap on Switch recently, I think, and then I forgot to get it. But the first one, sure. Um, Spirit Farmer Spring 2020. It's got like a boy and a fox in it. Um, that's all I wrote down. It's all stuck out to me. This <laughs> real. So there's a boy and a fox. Amazing. They won't uh, purchase. Um, Trine 4, obviously a follow-up to Trine 3, which is a follow-up to Trine 2, which is a follow-up to Trine 1. Very popular <laughs> games. That comes out um, October 8th, 2019. Creature in the Well, September 6th. One Finger Death Punch 2, December 2019. Best Friend Forever. This is some weird Valentine's Day, weird-ass simulator. Comes out on Valentine's Day of next year. Sure. Um, Fogs comes out early 2020. Some weird cat-dog-looking shit. Um, <laughs> what does I, that even mean? It was ver- just look it up. You'll see. Uh, what the golf? Clearly posers of what the fun cast. Wow. Um, comes out winter. Kine K I N E comes out twenty nineteen. Hypercharge Unbox comes out this winter. Northgard comes out September twenty sixth. Sparklight comes out fall twenty nineteen. Munchkin Quacked Quest comes out fall twenty nineteen. And last but not least, their big announcement that unfortunately has been leaked out a couple times. Ori in the Blind Forest Definitive Edition. Um, this game is truly beautiful. Oh, that was finally, finally officially announced? Yes, coming wow. September 27th. Ooh, my birthday. Yep. Um, I'm looking at Fogs, and it's not Cat Dog, it's Dog Dog. It's a oh. double sided dog. <laughs> Anyways, it looks. Mm, it looks a little silly. Looks a little sure. cursed. I wouldn't say cursed, but not right. Anyway. There's a lot, of, a games lot of games soon. We're like a lot of games that I'm probably never going to play. No, you're never yep. play. We're hitting well, that season now. You say that, and I mean, well, yes, there's a lot of the indie games, but in terms of like big AAA games, there aren't that many that I'm interested in, at least. Like, I just went in and like redid my whole list of games that I'm looking forward to and what I'm going to buy and how I'm going to finance mm-hmm. it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And there really isn't that much coming out this holiday season besides... Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Like, I guess Luigi's Mansion, I wouldn't consider that necessarily the holiday season because it is Halloween, but maybe it is. Um, but I already have, like, a voucher for that. And then that's really it. There's Link's Awakening. It's just those three games. Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and, of course, Untitled Goose Game. Oh, my God. We forgot about the Untitled Goose Game. comes out September 20th. Yeah. Preload yes. it now. I don't think you can preload it, so don't try, but... But that's um, four games for the entire holiday season. Like, am I missing something? All right, so September, PS4 dates. I'm looking at IGN's release date calendar. Um, I'll just read them all down. Wait a few minutes. <laughs> is it going to be... Are those, like, big games, or is it every single game an um, indie game? It's pretty much every single game, but there's a lot of big ones in here. You're probably Maybe not just get, get the big ones. <laughs> what? Just hit the big ones. Um, as much as you can find, or as much as you can filter out. Borderlands 3. Okay. Um, 
Nino Kuni, White Wrath, White Witch, Witch Remastered is a big one. You're not gonna play any of those. Uh, October <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Trine Four, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, The Outer Worlds, Medieval. Outer Worlds was one. Okay. Super Just Monkey kidding. Ball Banana Blitz HD. Here you go. November Death Stranding. Jedi Fallen Order, Shenmue oh, 3. Oh, Death Stranding does come out, huh? I Doom, don't know why that wasn't on my list. Doom Eternal. Mm. Um, there's nothing in December, it looks like. It's. Just, I feel like it's just a relatively slower holiday season than what we're used to. Okay, let's look at Switch. And I feel like that's mainly because of the absence of Animal Crossing. Because of the delay. You're just being dramatic as hell. Okay. I maybe I am. Maybe you, I wanted to. You really are here. September. Maybe I wanted to spend winter building a nice. What is, what is tycoon? No, in Animal Crossing. What's the new thing? It's a campsite now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I want to spend a nice winter building a campsite. But here, now I'm September, gonna have to wait until March twentieth, twenty twenty. September. <laughs> September twenty nineteen. Uh, Switch. Spider. Spyro. September third. Damon X Machina. Mm. Uh, Link's Awakening, Dragon Quest Eleven. Wait, isn't Damon X Machina the game that we tried out and was like absolute it was hot garbage? So bad. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, October, The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt Complete Edition, Luigi's Mansion Three, Trine Four. November, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, oh, I guess I forgot Pokemon. Okay, that's a big one. Professor Layton's Mystery Journey. Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy Deluxe Edition. Um, Who? <laughs> just saying something words is now. definitely missing here. I, I guess Pokemon was the big one that I was missing for holiday season. That's a that's a fairly huge one, and that was just something I omitted from my personal list. Vampires coming to Switch. Are you serious? Yep. Anyways, uh, September for Xbox that we had didn't mention on PS4. Gears 5 comes out September 6th. That's a big one. That's free on Game Pass. We should absolutely play that. Yes. I will consider it. <laughs> After I play 1 through 4. Uh, no, whatever. That's, I'm over it. I'll just play with you guys. And that is truly the only Xbox exclusive title this holiday season. Battletoads is supposed to yep. come out in 2019, but they haven't said anything. Um, Jinkies, as they say. Jinkies, please. <laughs> Is there a release date for Animal Crossing? I don't think so. Yeah, oh, yeah March, March 20. 20th. That you, okay. Isn't that the don't same worry. date as Cyberpunk? Uh, no, April 16, 2020 is Cyberpunk. Oh, anyways, I mixed all my dates up. You're right. A little bit off. May 15th is The Avengers. Mm, that's not even on my radar. Wow. But it's fine. It's all good. This is better for my wallet. And three of these games are covered by my pre-purchased Nintendo Switch online vouchers. Very See, exciting. I'm debating what to use those on, as previously discussed. I want Link's to Awakening, one. Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing. Done. No, you gotta use one on Pokemon, because Pokemon I'm is not one of those games. Getting Pokemon. You just put it on your list. I no, I didn't. I didn't put it on my list. I thought you did. No, there's a reason it was omitted from my list. Wow. It's not for me. I haven't even opened Eevee yet. Let's go Eevee. Okay, why is that? Because I'm garbage. I don't know what to tell you. That's an acceptable just, answer. I'll take that's that. fine. It's cool. Where's this release calendar? I kind of want to look at it because you had mentioned a few things like Death Stranding and something else that I was like, oh yeah, remember that? I will send it to you. It's on IGN. IGN. You just go to uh, video game release dates 
IGN on uh, what's that place called? Oh, Google. And then you just uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, what's it called? Um, and then it just popped in, and they keep this updated. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, on that note, I'm gonna go update what I'm gonna spend my money on. Um, I think that is it for this episode. It we is. have been recording for basically almost three hours. All so this go for listen you guys. to the D23 episode because it's almost two hours long. It's a good hour and forty-five minutes, or something yeah. like that. Which is 40. almost two hours. Yeah, it is. All right. Anyways, this has been episode forty-seven, y'all. We'll catch 47? you next week. Uh, forty-seven. Oh my god. Paul's falling asleep. Seventy-seven, actually. <laughs> episode twenty seventy-seven. Anyways, <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday or next Friday. I mean, with our regularly scheduled <laughs> program. Clearly, I don't know anything. Apart. I'm asleep. It is 2.34 in the morning, so that's fair. I forgive you. Anti-Meridian. Anyways, this has been What the Funcast, episode 57, signing off. Peace!